Amen. Welcome, Pastor Todd. Yeah, could not agree more with what she just said. It's going to be absolutely fire all weekend long. Thank you, Nicole. And um, let's just take our posture of prayer and servant, servanthood and welcome the world because what happens in the next few um, hours while they're here could change the trajectory of our nation. How many of you believe that? So I am really, really thrilled about this. I want to uh, kind of bring you up to speed. I don't know if I've ever been in a service quite like Sunday morning. For those of you that were here, if you were not here, I would encourage you to go watch it uh, and to, um, to get to the point of where the words, prophetic words, came forth. It was fearful in a way. It was... Um, alarming in a way, beautiful, uh, comforting. It was peaceful, but fearful in the sense that you were sitting and standing in a divine moment of where God was speaking to us directly. Would you recall that? I mean, you remember being in here and I'm not talking about a feeling and emotion, but you just knew that we were treading on holy ground. And uh, I appreciate all of you and even the word tonight that came forth, I just appreciate all of, all of you uh, that feel that freedom to obey the Holy Spirit. The word that came for, forth first was this one up on the screen. I'm not going to go through all 14, uh, uh, 13 of them. It says, you've heard me say before that I am turning a page in the book. A new chapter has begun. Now, I want you to pay attention to that and those words right there. A new page in the book. A new chapter has begun. One of unprecedented miracles, signs and wonders, one of greater glory. You'll begin to see and hear and understand and know my ways and greater capacities. I will release my power and might in greater ways. The spirit of the fear of God will come and permeate this house. Those who choose to surrender to my uh, refiner's fire will not only see, they will walk in my greater glory. Surrender your hearts, minds, and bodies. For as my fire burns away the impurities, the light of my glory will shine upon you in and greater ways. Do you see the a pattern here? Greater ways, greater ways. For I am building an army who will, who will stand at the gates of hell without fear or intimidation and take dominion. I believe that in Jesus' name. Now, I don't know if Jim is here. Jim, where are you? Are you uh, I know we may have multiple Jims. You're thinking, yeah, I'm here. I, I, don't, I don't see him tonight. But on Saturday night, he said, Todd, I got a word for, for the body. I got a word. And I said, well, Jim, write it down. Because uh, they'll give it to me and I'll hear it. But then by... Three hours later, it's, it's, you know, it's filtered out, to, and I hang on to some of the meat, but not all of it. Well, he came, um, and he gave me the word, and I said, would you write that down? This is what he had from the Lord on Saturday. Now, this was before Sunday. The Lord gave this to him on Saturday, before Sunday. All right, Saturday. 
before Sunday. He said, yesterday I saw a large book closing. It appeared the last page had been written on. And it was being closed. Immediately I saw another book being opened. The top page was ready to be written on. One book closing and another one was open. In the context of yesterday's meeting, the thought immediately came to me that one chapter or book was over and another chapter or book was getting ready to be written. Right after that thought, the verse saying, going from glory to glory. My interpretation of this meant a page has been turned and a new chapter or book on a higher level of glory is coming forth for our church. I, for one, am excited to see what God has planned for this new book. There is a synchronization and a synergy in, in what God is doing right now. The messages are extremely clear of where God and what God is wanting to do. You know that uh, two Sundays ago, I spoke about surge, which means there is a, a, an abundance, a, a flushing, if you will, a newness that is coming. And then all of these words began to validate what the Lord was trying to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. Um, I love this one on the 10th one that was given. Be smitten with me. Be smitten with me. Hallelujah. So I just want you to continue to pray into this. And I love what Corey Russell, were you guys shaken like I was shaken on Sunday night with, with Corey Russell? And I love the comment that he made. He says, I feel a connection to this house. I feel a connection to this house. So you'll see more of him uh, spread out throughout the evening. He said, when God, when we pray, we need to pray what he has spoken to us. Speak it back to him. And that's what we did Monday night. It may have been one of the most powerful prayer meetings we've ever had at the, at, the, at the Christ Fellowship Church was Monday night where we just went through these prophecies and prayed them back to the Lord. And all up until tonight, I've just felt this shaking in my spirit, in my soul, of just a, a fear of the Lord, not in an unhealthy way, but Lord, you are good. You are here. You're doing something. This is... This is Bigger and broader than what we've ever seen or ever thought. Amen? Okay. Now, with that being said, I want to spend just a few moments uh, talking to you about uh, stewarding what the Lord is doing and being aware of what the enemy is doing. All right? Um, I feel that the enemy is aware of all that has gone on. The Bible talks about how the angels roamed the earth and they came back to him and gave a report to him. It's in the Old Testament. And they all reported that there is peace on the earth. Now think about that for a moment. That they come to him, well, there's a war here, there's a war there, there's going on. And the Lord's aware of all that, but, you know, he's, he sent them out and he says there's peace all over the earth. 
I feel very strongly that even though what God is doing in this house, on the large scale, humanly speaking, it's small where there's not 10,000 people in this room. You hear? Okay. This is a small town with a small church with a small group of people. But I feel that, spiritually speaking, it has garnered the attention of not only uh, the angelic host, but the demonic host as well. Okay? You, you can't see what we have seen and experience what we have experienced and not know that God is aware. Obviously, He is, and He's speaking to us, but also the enemy's aware. This revival will not come to a conclusion based upon an attack, an overt attack by the enemy. Most moves of God stop from inward issues. Okay, let me, let, me, let me say it again. Most moves don't stop from up here downward. It's from inside upward. And there's nothing going on. I'm just telling you that we have to be very aware of our relationships, our conversations, our interactions, our um, awareness of fatigue with one another and problems that we may be going through. And it is very easy in the middle of a move of God when you are spending a lot of, uh, of your equity as far as your, your physical equity, your body, your, your energy, that you can get offended very easily. You touch your neighbor and say, you got to guard against offense. How many of us have read The Bait of Satan? Okay, so you know that offense is a bait. Okay, Cause, dangles it out there at you. And then all of a sudden you're angry with someone, upset with someone. Well, then you don't want to go to church because you're going to see them. Well, I'll just watch it at home. Then all of a sudden now you, you start watching it from home. Then you get a little bit more disconnected. Now, the reason I'm giving this to you is we cannot be ignorant of the devil's devices. And we always have to pray proactively rather than reactively when it comes to this. Let there be unity. This is how, amen, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, all right, so uh, I just want you to know that, um, that the enemy's aware, but we're not fearful of that. We're pressing on, we're doing war, we're going forward. And um, so I just want you to, to, to lean into that with me if you can, all right? Okay, good. Um, Thank you, Lord. I feel that, as I wrote this down, that across the country and in churches and even in our culture, Satan is squeezing hard. He's on the attack. His pressure's gaining steam. It's intensifying. And the question that I wrote down on this piece of paper is, what will we do? How will we as the people of God respond? What will be our reaction? I think as we near the end, the things are going to get more intense. And Luke chapter 14, verse 16 is where I want you to turn. I want you to see... A verse 
Verse 7 is where I want to start. And then um, this is take the lowly place. So Jesus told a parable, verse 7, to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest no one more honorable than you be invited by him. Let me give you an example of this that is horrifying to me. I was in South Korea, Bob Rogers, to go to Prayer Mountain. It wasn't even on our schedule. Okay. He says, I want you to come to Prayer Mountain, and I want you to tell all these pastors are going to be gathered on Prayer Mountain what God's doing at the North Georgia Revival. Well, I didn't have any clothes to go. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is South Korea and all that. You know, they, they, they dress into the nines, and these, you know, hundreds of pastors are in the room. And Bob Rogers is probably one of the most profound authors and writers in the world. He, he, you've probably read a lot of his, uh, some of his works, Pastors of Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And he goes, you know, and, and I'm just out of place. I'm just completely out of place. We're there doing mission work in South Korea. And then we were invited to go to this prayer mountain with uh, Paul Yonggi Cho and that type of thing was going on. He says, come up here and sit on the front row with me. And I knew in my spirit this wasn't going to end well because Koreans are very pro, you know, they, they, are, they follow the rules and everything to the nines. I'm telling you, and I knew I shouldn't be sitting on that front row. And, but he says, sit here, you'll be fine. Well, I'm sitting right next to him and Richard Roberts or Robertson. Okay, so I'm having a conversation with these two guys. <laughs> and I'm dressed like a... Like, I'm from Dawsonville. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like, I did the best I could, but nothing really great. You know, I tried. And, uh, and there's Richard Roberts. You know, you've seen him on television all the time. And he's dressed up. And then there's Bob and everybody. And I kid you not, I'm panicking. I'm a little sweating the whole time because I know I'm not supposed to be there. And sure enough, I kid you not, a guy walks straight up to me and says, you need to move. This is not your seat. I go, yes, sir, I'm moving right now. And so when they called me to speak, I came from the back over here. I just got to, but, but I understand the, the, the story. You know what I'm saying? You're sitting where you're not supposed to sit, and then they get up and go, you know, they didn't care about my feelings. All I know, I was in a chair that was designated for someone else. And sure enough, I got up, and in comes this entourage of most important people and sat right there in my chair. So I've lived this. I've lived this. I've lived this. I was so mad at Bob Rogers. I'm sure he got a laugh out of that. Okay. Jump to. Uh, he says, but when you're. In, <laughs> let's just read 10. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place. Yeah. In the back. So that when who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher than you will himself will be exalted. Okay, all right. Then he also said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, listen to this, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. They cannot repay. They feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection. Here's the parable. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. 
But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first one said, I have bought a piece of ground that I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excuse. And another said, I have five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask that you have me excuse. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Come on, men. Ladies, give me an amen right there. Well, so that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly in the streets. And, 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 it, and it says, go invite the blind. But the point I'm trying to make is we are entering in such an intense season of a move of God globally. Not just here in Dawsonville, but globally. That, and I wrote this down and I find it important. That the days of please have me excused are over. Now write that down. The days of please have me excused can you are over. Can you imagine being invited to a supper of great importance? And then you said, I've married and I can't come. I've bought a piece of land. I need to go see it. I've got oxen I need to take care of. And I cannot come. Please have me excused. We are in a season that the work of God in our individualized families and in our world is going to demand so much attention and need so much from us that we're not going to be able to come to the Lord and say, please have me excused. I cannot do this. And that doesn't apply to anybody in this room. But I'm telling you, there's coming a time when the work of God is going to be so amazingly important, which is now, but... And the demand is going to be so great that there are going to be great sacrifices required from all of us at different degrees and different levels. The sacrifice for a man and woman who has no children will be different than the sacrifice with a man and woman that has three or four children. You hear what I'm saying? The sacrifice will be different from each one of us. All that we have to do is to be obedient to what the Lord asks of us and not make excuse for what He's asked us to do. Because if He's asked us to do something, to come to a dinner, to partake, to serve, in whatever capacity, He will give us strength for the areas that we may be leaving behind. Does that make sense? So, that's important for us to understand. That a single mom, her sacrifice is different than someone who's an empty nester. Sacrifice is sacrifice, right? You understand what I'm saying? So as we move into deeper and greater glory, you hear this. So that, what does that mean? It's going to mean less of me. It's probably going to demand more from us. So you're going to have to find the rhythm of the revival for you in your, in your life, you know what I'm saying, that this is what God's asking of me, and so I'm moving into this. But you don't be the negotiator. You hear Him and then obey. So when we hear these words of greater glory, we need to pray for more reinforcements. 
And I think that was given in one of the words that they're coming. Reinforcements and replacements. Reinforcements and replacements. Reinforcements and replacements. Right? We started the revival with about 130 people, 140 people. Thank God we're not there now because we would all be dead. You guys are answered prayers because of, uh, or you, you're a result of the prayers of the reinforcements that now has allowed the, the revival to go forth into its sixth year in a couple of weeks. I remember hearing Pastor Kilpatrick say on an interview on why their revival stopped at the Brownsville outpouring. I think he said it on Victory Point or something like that. I was watching it on television, and he said, I'm going to tell you why it stopped. We could not go another day. We could not go another day. Because they had gone literally five years plus, four nights a week. In the first two years, it was seven nights a week. It was seven nights a week for the first two years. And then they went from, I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, had service on Sunday, and that's, that was their rhythm. People asked us, well, why, didn't, why don't you go every night of the week? Well, I don't have and we don't have the clearance from the Lord to go every night of the week. If he told us, obviously we would obey, but he hasn't. He said just one night a week, train your people and pray. And cry out for reinforcements and replacements. Reinforcements and replacements. So some of you are a direct result of somebody's prayer. And some of you in this room who have not yet made this your church home, you're here swimming around the bank, if you will, or or walking around the bank. You're about to dive in, and God has released you to be a part of this work. Why? Because you're an answer to the prayer of reinforcement and replacement. So we're stepping into a season where we cannot say, Lord, would you have me excused? Yeah. Okay? So all of us find that where that sacrifice is for us. Does that make sense? It's different for Karen and I than it may be for you. You're all in. I'm all in. But it's just different. Your tithe's different than my tithe. You see what I'm saying? I'm using that as a, as a metaphor there. Uh, we all don't give equally. We all give, we sacrifice equally in that regard. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay, all right, I've got two minutes, then I'm, then I'm, I'm going to let you go. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just wanting to, to encourage you with that, that this is a very uh, serious season because not that someone's trying to make it happen. You heard from individuals in this house, okay? Mm-hmm. Like prophecy number three. I hear your cry, my sheep. I hear your cry. Don't think I don't. Wrap your head around what I have to say. I hear your cries. Lean on my understanding and not on your own, says the Lord. My Lord, I feel His presence. Look at this one. Because of your letting down the walls of your heart, because of seeing the glory of the Lord, there will be many, many more in this congregation. Do you see that? There will be many, many more in this congregation, in this church, that will be able to do what you heard these people do. Speak the word of the Lord. Why? Because your hearts are set aflame for Him. 
You have put aside all those things that have gotten in your way. And for those who say, um, and for those who say in their hearts, I don't know if I could ever do that. These people said the same thing not too long ago. Look at them now. To the leaders of this church, you have allowed the format for people to speak. And because of that, you'll be blessed in your own activities and work. Because the Lord, I the Lord am talking all the time to all of you, not just the chosen few. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So Lord, we embrace all that you have. We embrace, Lord, this greater glory. We embrace the surge. Come on. We embrace the surge. Lord, it's deeper waters. It requires greater stability on our end. Lord, it causes us to get in alignment and arrangement of our affairs so that we can give ourselves to you at any beck and call of whenever you need us, O oh Lord. Our bodies are available. We are tied to the post, O oh God, like the donkey. And we say, Lord, we are here to carry you. We are yours. So Lord, speak to us. Give every, past, or give every parent, every father, every mother wisdom, Lord, on what this looks like for them. We thank You, Lord, that in the revival that their marriages are strengthened and not weakened. We pray that their families are, 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 are Lord, magnified in the sense that they are better. And, Lord, that they are more spiritual than ever before. We thank You for that, Lord Jesus. We thank You, Lord, that You're going to bless every one of us financially. Every one of us physically. Lord, we're going to walk in divine health and divine provision. Lord Jesus, we thank You for that. We thank You, Lord, that our relationships are going to be strengthened. Mm -hmm. We're anchoring our lives, Lord, upon Your book and what You have said and what You're doing. And we'll give ourselves to this. Thank You, Lord Jesus. We'll give ourselves to You. Not to a church, not to a people, not to a person, but to You, O Lord. And we say, use us. Use us. And everybody in this house said, Amen, Amen, Amen. All right. got to show you this. So if you'll come up one second. I was in the Way Church in uh, Hartwell, Georgia, and she drew this painting for uh, prophetically. And um, I told Karen as soon as she finished painting it that I have to have it, and she brought it here tonight for, uh, for, for us. It's everything that the Lord showed me with the fire on the water. This is a heart, a heart of stone. Touches the water and that heart is ignited with God's fire. And literally, I'm telling you, I'm going to leave this up here that you guys can come by and see it and just take a picture of it. This is just some of the best stuff. Uh, we miss Joanne so much and her paintings and all of that. But this just touched my heart so deeply. Thank you for bringing it all the way from Hartwell, Georgia tonight. You are a blessing. <laughs> this will be in my office. So I'm going to leave this up here. We need to pray over the rags, if you guys will. I know some of you have already done that. Uh, where can I put this and it not get trampled on? Uh, you, you, I can put it right here. Thank you. That way. Um, there we go. All right. Are you good? I'll see you sun, uh, Saturday night at prayer at 6. Uh, come and make that. And then Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Love you all. Have an incredible day. Bye.